Good morning. Um, I'm Andrew Guile, a solicitor and a director here at GN Law, and I'm with today. Uh, I'm Luke Cowles. I'm a solicitor in the Actions Against the Police Department. And this video today is going to be looking rather topically. We are filming it on the morning of Friday the 9th of June 27, immediately after um, the election. And we've just heard in the last five minutes that there will be a Conservative and DUP uh, coalition. Well, certainly, yeah. They're going to be requesting that, and, and that's what seems to be going ahead. And that's been what's mooted from as soon as the sort of results were really coming through. Yeah. The only two parties that realistically could push them over the edge are either Liberal Democrats or the DUP. Liberal Democrats aren't <laughs> going to agree to that again. No, no. So... You know, most predictions were for the DUP, but realistically it wasn't a difficult prediction to make. That's right. But what we're going to be looking at, um, linked to the election, is uh, Theresa May's new anti-terror package that she was putting forward in the media as a result of the recent um, bombings. And looking at whether or not the uh, very small or non-existent mandate that she actually has now might have an impact on whether or not she actually still puts those proposals forward or has any real chance of getting them through. So let's start with um, looking at the recent bombings. We're going to, the number of issues that what we're going to talk about today, the number of issues that they touch upon is massive. We could be here for hours but I'm pretty sure that anyone watching this video does not want to be here for hours. So we're going to try and keep it to 20 or 30 minutes tops. So we're going, to, we're going to trot through a lot of these issues very quickly and touch upon some of the things which have massive depth, but we're only going to be looking at them well, quite, quite quickly. I mean, in some cases, um, just looking at them bare bones, we appreciate there's a depth and wealth yeah. of different opinions about it. Yeah, I think this video is going to be more a question of raising issues. Certainly, it, it, it's not going to look to solve any of them. Um, but let's let's look at the recent um, it, the recent terrorist event in um, Borough Market. Uh, again, very tragic events. But throughout the media, people keep talking about looking at the failures of MI5 and the failures of the police to stop this from happening. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I don't honestly personally think it's that helpful um, to immediately jump to looking at questions of blame. Certainly there are lessons that can be learned and lessons can always be learned. Um, but but I would certainly suggest that just because lessons can be learned does not necessarily mean that someone's to blame. Things change, things move, you try and learn from things happening. Um, but, you know, was it in fact a, a failure? I mean, the, the reality is, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything in the public domain at the moment to um, explain to us or give us any more detail as to the extent to which this was a planned event. There must have been some planning. Well, um, absolutely, and I think there's that division between what you know tragically happened in Manchester where because of the sort of sophistication level where he's actually got a bomb and there's mm. presumed help to have made that and got that together yeah. versus what you're saying, Borough Market... Three guys jumping, jumping in a, a car van, and... and hitting people with the car and jumping out with knives. I mean, Which doesn't really require a lot of planning, relatively. You know, no. 500 quid to buy a van. No. Sounds awful. But I that's... mean, if, if they literally had discussed it one-to-one in person, they'd not been on WhatsApp and getting dates and dates and discussing it for weeks, there could be none of that at all. There might be some of that, there might not. But there might be none of it. They might have just had a chat um, down the pub or down the park or something like this and decided to do it. I mean... To suggest that the police have failed in some way to prevent that um, 
Frankly, if that, if that is the evidence, that, that, that's a pretty absurd thing to level at them under MI5. Um, but the wider picture, I would suggest, is the question of these um, movement restriction orders that can be placed upon people. I mean, at the moment, they seem to be placed upon people, as I understand it, from what we're told in, in the media. They're placed upon people who are actively thought to be involved in planning something. So query, should those move, movement restrictions be placed upon all people on the watch list, which, which certainly would have caught some of the people involved in the borough market, at least two of them. Um, but then you, then you immediately, my mind immediately goes on to think, well, okay, if you want to put two or 3,000 people on this, these types of restriction, curfew, watch... Well, bearing in mind, we're talking about single figures, uh, amounts of people, what were control orders... And now are sort of called TPIMs, which is sort of terrorism yeah. prevention orders. Or, yeah. But, yeah, largely. You, we, come, we, scale. we come to resources, don't, don't well, we? Well, resources. I mean, who, who's going to oversee that? Like I mean, charges as well. And that's yeah. always the problem where it brings in that how many people can you watch follow if you haven't actually got some evidence to charge them with? Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, if they are committing crime, arrest them, charge them, due process, as opposed to some of these control orders where there is, again, okay, it is a bit political about the different sort of varying um, people's views about them being used properly. Yeah, I mean the, the balance is the balance is so 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 difficult. I mean I. You know, personally, I 100% understand and myself feel the desire to do everything physically possible yes. to prevent these things from happening. Yes. Um, and as I say, in relation to Borough Market, in, in, particularly in relation to one of, the, one of the people who was well known to, to the police as being an extremist um, and has actually been filmed in some manner of documentary, but, you know, expressing extremist ideals. Yeah, and people have been on the news saying how they assault, he assaulted them at, at a wedding and, and, and things of this nature. So he, he's well known. He's well known. So if we just take him as an example, he clearly wasn't on one of these one of these TPIMs. He wasn't res- restricted. He wasn't being actively monitored on a daily basis. But at the same time, he wasn't picked up as planning something. Again, you know, we, we've touched upon already in this video the question of whether or not there might or might not have been evidence to suggest that that could have been detected. And I, I don't think we know an answer to that question. Certainly um, not at this stage where we're running no, a week in. Um, but the only way to perhaps move forward and um, try to prevent that would have been to have everybody like him under one of these types of restrictions and then the resources necessary to to actually police that I suspect are massive you know yeah, you've, you've got to have people literally monitoring where he is they'll probably need some sort of satellite tagging yeah um, and so that's got where the debate and comes about uh, and we'll touch upon it in a few minutes but there's the election has been people fighting over police numbers, of course, yeah. um, and, and whether cutting police force numbers has had a practical effect of not being able to physically execute some of the, perhaps some cases, good ideas that they might have about how to prevent these things. Then, of course, there's the uh, very sort of, um, well, the prevent strategy, if you like, which mm. has caused a lot of, I suppose, anger in certain communities, whether they felt marginalised and, and perhaps whilst 
some might say the intention behind it was to to do justice and to do good to try and by literal word prevent future problems sometimes it by sort of the side effect or if you like the indirect discrimination side of things it ends up causing more anger in communities yeah uh, and that in of itself means you do need a rethink because if you're going to anger the communities or some of these communities then in the end it's not going to be an effective policy yeah i mean i've got some examples here some figures um flowing from a report that liberty did um some years ago now, I can turn to those, in relation to um, certain police certain police powers in relation to stopping people coming into the country, particularly getting off of, uh, of aeroplanes and, and asking where they've been and where they're going and what they're coming for and what they're staying for and things like this. Um, and as an example, so as not to throw too many figures into this um, video, Asian passengers, for instance, were 42 times more likely to be stopped than white passengers coming off planes by security forces wanting to know who they are, where they're going, where they've been, and what their intentions are coming into the country. Um, and and so, it's, it, as I say, it's, it's very easy to say, yes, let's have these powers, let's just monitor all of them, let's give the police the manpower and the money to do all of these things. But you've got, you've got the danger as you have with the prevent strategy of some people in the community might say, yes, this, this is a good thing. And let's be honest about it. This is likely to impact upon Asian communities. Well, um, I mean, to, and this is sort of making a joke out of something that's quite serious, but, but I certainly know from people I know of my colour, yeah, <laughs> sure, like, sure, sure. Where, where the joke is slightly, well, let's all go to the airport five hours early than the three hours because we're all going to be stopped. <laughs> and so it's, yeah. The, the reality is if you are stopped and you go at the normal time, you might miss your plane. That's the practical reality of it. Mm. Um, I mean, there was a, a while ago um, a British sort of family who had gone off to Florida to Disneyland. And obviously that was the American side, if you like, mm. who would pretty much stop them and, and it ruined their holiday. And the difficulty is, is no matter what compensation you get, it that memory is going to stay, that community is going to feel like they were targeted. Yeah. And well, this is the that doesn't mean it You've doesn't always work, but it, it, it only requires one or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, more than necessarily one or two, let's be honest. But, but it requires some pretty deeply problematic situations, which will get highlighted, and that's what people will be fearful for. Yeah. Because it, all it takes is for these powers to be used inappropriately yes. or to be used um, in a way in which a particular community thinks is unfair for instance they, 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 they slap a curfew on an entire family who are just a law abiding family yeah. but for some reason they, they do it um, and you have to assume the police would have some sort of information albeit that it might well be inaccurate um, and then you know if you put a curfew on somebody who's got a job I mean the curfew might be up to 18 hours a day that, that person couldn't work. It's ridiculous, yeah. And then they can't work and they can't afford their rent, they lose their house, they become... I mean, you, you can see the issues that... Well, in that, terms of your private life, it's, it's gone. And, and the government and the police then start to alienate communities, which is completely counterproductive in terms of trying to work with these communities to stamp out extremism. And they might actually alienate the people that they want and need to help them identify the people well, that they really I, need to get rid of. So... It's such Absolutely. a difficult balance. And that balance, and 
I'm not necessarily saying this is going to work because there's lots of different plans out there. Everyone says mm. this is going to work and, well, they're not all going to work is simply the answer. But the argument, obviously, with the police numbers issue where, yes, we all accept in terms of government spending, there needs to be checks and balances. You know, no one's disputing that. But in regards to sort of neighbourhood policing, which is your sort of ground roots level police officers, where you've got some of these communities and they're the police officers who these communities are going to deal with directly day in, day out. Ideally, the better the relationship between the sort of ground level officers and the communities, the better that that sort of cooperation is to, if a community does see something where they are concerned, they're more likely to report something because let's be honest, we're all British. Reporting people is not something we do. So, and and generally, it's a huge, huge thing to report someone of potential extremism. Mm -hmm. It's something that realistically, no one is going to do that easily. No one, because you don't want it, A, coming back to you. Well, the recriminations could be massive. Well, absolutely. And what you're accusing someone else of is such a, you know, we're not talking about theft of a Mars bar here, we're talking about, you know, MY5 ultimately being involved, potentially looking at that, mm. and, and you're not going to do that easily. So your trust in perhaps these sort of police forces or the security services is going to make a huge difference. As I mean, at the moment, just, just, one thing that just occurs to me is that at, at, at the moment you have a situation where if someone reports somebody... Yes. Like that man on the news did when when one of one of um, the um, Borough Market attackers attacked him at a at a wedding, he reported him to the police, and he did so obviously because he had been assaulted, yes. and other people had reported him on fear of extremism. But do you think? I, I, I then perhaps no answer to this, but it, it it's an interesting question to consider as to whether or not people are more likely or less likely to report people if they know that that report is immediately going to get them on a put on a watch list and then put them under got them put under a curfew of some sort yes. or, or satellite tagging or something like that as in that, if you know about what the next step is post your mm, report or if the you know, next you know, step you say I've seen them recording a, a video or I've or I, I, I've I've seen around their house that that, that, that they make um, videos or I've seen an ISIS flag or I've seen something along these lines um, if it's well known if these powers come in and they're used more widely um, is, is that person more or less likely to report them? I'm not sure there's an easy answer to that. But, not at all. Um, and I think the, the next balance that, of course, is quite important, especially in some of the matters you were looking at and some of the discussions we've had before, is dealing with individuals who haven't yet done any violent crime. Mm. Uh, that sort of before stage where perhaps they're they're making speeches, you're not overly happy with but that balance of of article 10 freedom of expression where we are a multicultural society we are allowed different opinions that's part of pluralism that's part of democracy but of course it is well it is a qualified right so there are well there are sort of limits to that and to what degree in terms of sentencing powers in terms of you know, uh, looking at how the police deal with certain, I don't know, perhaps preachers, and that goes for all faiths. It's not just, um, you know, we're not just sort of saying Islam either. But you know, how how does that get dealt with? Um, because you've had, you know, marches from Britain First, BNP, and and people obviously 
get irritated at sort of the words that they speak and, and similarly mm. you've had some of these especially looking purely at this um, issue of terrorism you've had people have hate speech but they haven't yet actually acted on it they've not they're not necessarily directly connected between one and the other um, and I think the the issue is some of the sentencing powers and I was looking at some of the figures they said something like of those arrested for terrorist offences approximately a fifth are giving are being given sentences of two years or less now realistically that's not very much mm. but again what was unhelpful unfortunately with the statistics is it didn't set out which uh, which offences were for two or less so I suppose that would look at CPS guidelines because you cannot you know on the other hand you cannot sort of do a minority report style issue where you know They've done a particular crime in terms of perhaps a speech, but then you're going to actually give them sentences as if they've already gone and done something more. Because if they haven't yet done it, they're ultimately not guilty of the sort of secondary tertiary offences that mm. may come from it. And you've, you've, you've also got the potential problem of... Um, I mean, what we're talking about here is criminalisation of non-violent extremism. I mean, exactly. Instance, you could have a... You could have a crime and, and you know really look for it and, and use ripper powers to find people on the internet who are watching extremist videos and make just simply make it a crime to watch an extremist video. Um, now, if people are in, in, imprisoned for for doing that, let's say for two years, there's a real danger that they'll go to prison and there'll be other people in prison for having done the similar thing. And then they're in a little cauldron together where they can all get unhappy and more and more unhappy and increasingly unhappy about what's happened to them. Um, talk about these sorts of things, radicalise themselves further in prison um, and then come out ten times worse. Well, And um, also then it delves into do prisons, what well, are prisons there purely as a penal element or are they for, there for rehabilitation? And mm. does that actually work? Is sticking someone in prison much like... And the comparison I can think of is sort of drug offences, where there is a, an endless debate between, you know, here's an individual caught with drugs, they're a drug addict, is just slapping them in prison actually better than the alternative, which is actually trying to help them? You know, they need rehab, rehabilitation, um, and actually that's going to become or, or make that person a better member to contribute to our society in the future. And it's that balance between, like you're saying, with the sort of non-violent offences, criminalising them early can perhaps, in different ways, just spur them on, push them on, because they're certainly not necessarily going to reintegrate back, if you like. Um, and As I say, you know... It's it, a pit. Every aspect of this problem and trying to solve this problem, you come across issues which just demonstrate how difficult it is. And it really has to be a balancing act. I mean, and certainly about cooperation between communities, between the government, between lots of different people to to make sure all ideas are covered before necessarily yeah. legislation. I mean, if if you were going to criminalise non non violent extremism, the first thing that any any act or any court case looking at the issue would have to do is define the word extremism. Well, and of course. You can't just define it as as being watching videos about ISIS or, or something which is, is, is Islamic related. It, it would have a more generic um, definition, which could well, as the example you've given, it could well bring in a speech by UKIP. 
Yeah. I mean, it, it could well bring in those sorts of things. And then people start to say, well, this is, this is not why this was brought in and it's catching things that, that we didn't want it to catch and things like this. And at the same time, there's a balance between is necessary just reading something or should that be illegal? Now, of course, there are questions that get raised as to why are you ultimately looking at that? But mm. there's the balance of your human rights where we do have the internet and simply reading something doesn't necessarily mean you believe it because there's lots of things we read where we don't believe but you know are you limited by the vocabulary you put into google basically yeah i mean and th- th- that brings us on to the two ripper or the regulation of, of investigative powers act um or the snoopers charter as we've as we've looked at in, in one of our other videos um but again to, just just to highlight this and this perhaps will be one of the one of the um, the last things we'll look at in this video, but you know, Reaper again or Ripper was was brought in to deal primarily, and it was certainly got over the line in terms of making it law to look at um, terrorism and to look at paedophiles. Those are the two major things that 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 enabled the government to get that over the line, um, and yet, not necessarily the police all the time, but sometimes local authorities have been using this, for instance, to snoop on um, parents who yes. have been trying to get their children into the best local school. And they've been, you know, they've been tapping their phones and stuff like this. And, and, and another case I was reading about involved um, them snooping upon the communications between fishermen because they were illegally fishing clams. Um, I mean, this is just potty. Um, it's I mean, using sure, powers for the wrong things or not what they were originally exactly. intended for. But this is why... People like us, I suppose, human rights lawyers say, well, you know, hang on. Um, if you're going to bring in a certain power, but, you know, we need to know that it's going to be used appropriately. For the original purpose. Yeah, not absolutely. Um, I mean, OK, trying to get your child into the, wrong, into the wrong school and pretending to live somewhere and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's wrong. You know, no, nobody sensibly likes it. People do do it. it but happens. Rip is not the power to be used for that. Yeah, do I, do I really think, as a citizen in this country, that people's phones should be tapped? And that local authorities or police should be spending their time, um, for which we're paying as taxpayers, looking at that sort of thing. You know, the, the, the old phrase, have you really got nothing better to do, um, comes back. Fine, I've got no problem with police having powers to, to, to catch and prevent terrorism. Absolutely, 100% not. Um, but if you're going to bring in powers, you have to bring in safeguards to make sure that people don't use them in circumstances where nobody would sensibly have thought that they were going to try to. So boundaries are kept. And you have to, yeah, you've got to, again, make sure as far as is possible that it's brought in as safely as possible so as not to be counterproductive and actually antagonise and alienate the community that, um, or communities of people who we really need um, to, to, to work together with everybody else to try and stamp out, um, or at least reduce as far as, as far as it's possible, um, people becoming radicalised and, and this, these sorts of extremism that lead to these um, terrible and tragic events. Um, for my part, I think we probably trespassed upon enough topics uh, today. Yes. But is there anything else that, that you think is, is of particular interest that we should be covering? I mean, not we'll, not something we'll deal with too much longer at all, um, but it's just, I think, the recognition that 
the very nature of this subject, it is a touchy subject because there are countless examples of perhaps prevent or, or these types of strategies which they're trying to implement to try and do something and we all agree something needs to be done but it's that balance of finding something which suits everyone because the way we want to be protected is the way all British citizens want to be protected Sure. and being careful that even if we didn't mean to thinking about how the strategies that are put in place will they or will they not marginalise people and sometimes you don't necessarily know that at the outset when you're physically writing your laws or you're writing. Mm. but once it starts to be implemented and perhaps you do get feedback from either communities or charities certainly CAGE is one of the biggest advocates for these sorts of situations listening to them and trying to find uh, a, a better way now that's a very generic idea because I'm not suggesting I, Luke Howells, know the better way but sure, sure. you know th- that, is, that is one of the issues I think the only, the most shocking example which I'll, I'll leave it with is the issue I think from 2016, a couple of kids come to school, one of the kids tells his teacher he's been given a toy gun for a yeah. present the teacher reports it, the kids end up being interviewed by officers alone not with the parents because the fear being that the parents may well be somehow involved in terrorism and at the end of the day these are just two innocent kids being given a toy gun it's nothing more than that Mm. and in the end the issue is settled the local authority does agree that they discriminated against them Mm. because at the end of the day the argument was if they were dare I say white children given a toy gun would they have been I suppose reported in the same way and the local authority accepted probably not. Now as you say lessons can be learned about these things but the difficulty is is for those boys they're going to remember that for a long long time and no money you throw at these issues is going to change that so that's not necessarily helping either Um, and, and that's the balance but that doesn't mean you do nothing that does mean we keep working with the system and we keep improving it, making it better. Yeah. I mean, to try and bring the video background to the question of the election, one of my concerns when Theresa May was making these statements um, in the last week to 10 days about, you know, if, if the Human Rights Act gets in the way of us doing what we think we need to do, then we will just, we will just repeal it or we will, you know, we, we will just... We'll just derogate. We won't follow the, 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 the European Convention. And personally, I think the circumstances that we have now with the, with the um, Conservatives not getting the bigger, greater mandate that they had hoped and initially had been predicted that they would get will hopefully reduce the ability of Theresa May to be, to be too radical. And what I hope this um, video... Um, has shown is that the sort of issues that that cut across you know the powers that you bring in how you bring it in the sort of safeguards you need um, the extent to which you know lawyers and judges will get get involved to sort of like looking at the niceties of what extremism and things like this is concerned there there are there's such an incredibly difficult balancing act that 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 you have to have when bringing in these sorts of um, really quite draconian powers that doing it with a mandate 
just because you can. You've, you've got the political power to bullishly push Let's these things through. Bulldoze it, it through. Absolutely. It makes it far more likely that a law is going to come in which is going to cause havoc. And it's only got one mind, if you like, that's actually gone into it rather than yeah. that product. So the, so from my perspective, I think that the, the lower, that the, the reduced um, Tory mandate will hopefully reduce the danger of these extra powers, these powers being extended in a way in which causes more, more problems than they actually solve. So I think it's actually quite a positive thing. Um, and I think um, I'm certainly hoping that nothing uh, too too crazy will, will come onto the statute books in the, in the near future. Um, and I certainly hope that um, the Tories will um, adhere to their manifesto and, and of not doing anything with the Human Rights Act until after after Brexit. But at the very minimum, these things need very very careful consideration and debate of all the potential consequences, because we um, hopefully try to highlight for you today um, there is an awful lot of potential consequences and, and I very much doubt that we've touched upon more exactly. than a very small number because of them. whilst it's law it's there's political issues social issues economic issues yeah, oh, yeah it's, it's, it's a whole wealth it's, it's massive matters. Matters. I don't claim to be a political expert by any means but look I hope you found um, the video helpful uh, there's other videos of this site with myself on, on this site with myself and Luke in conversation, so please watch uh, some of those. And if you think that myself or Luke can help you with any issue that you may have um, in, along these lines, then please do not hesitate to contact us. And thank you for watching.